In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Girl, I must warn you. I something strange in my mind. Situation is it's true because we're running out of time. Tell them it's all so beautiful. Relationships they seem from the start. It's all so deadly. We're loving that together from the heart. Check it out. It's driving me out of my mind. That's why it's hard for me to find. Can't get it out of my head. Miss her, kiss her, love her. That girl is As Belle Biv DeVoe says, never trust a big button, a smile. Welcome to your Tuesday episode. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is so late right now, so I'm kind of whispering because I don't wanna I don't wanna get an angry email from my roommate. Sometimes I'm I'm on the top floor and he's on the bottom floor, and sometimes when I'm like too loud at night, so I've gotta Well, and why I'm late though is I had to watch the entire season premiere of Bachelor in Paradise on ABC. And I'm telling you, folks, it if you if you want to see a bunch of naked crybabies that make out, this is the show for you. And I loved every GD minute of it. I'm telling you, David Spade also did an amazing job hosting. If you didn't see it, it is 
completely silly fun. It, but it's just so funny how serious these guys take what they now, these guys and girls, how seriously they take what they think is love. Like at this point, they're in Bachelor Nation, so they think this is normal. Like, you know, any regular relationship they have from this point on is completely ruined. Is completely ruined. I still think it's funny. Like, I still, I want representation for people with no abs on this show. I feel like it's very unfair to us that have no abs. Like, who is going to speak for us, the no abs uh, men amongst us? Oh, and you guys, this is so, okay, so, like, I, I, I thought I had a pretty good day, right? And I told you how I break everything, right? Like, I, by some kind of magic power, I'm the guy that just, just shit breaks or I lose shit. Like, everybody in my life knows it. So I moved my bedroom around and I found a pair of my eyeglasses that had gone missing, right? So super excited. I was like, look at me. Everything's coming up Bailey, you know? And I go to, to open my computer right now sat on my glasses and broke the pair I just found. Like, what? how is this? Warby Parker or I, I Buy Direct, please sponsor me because this is, why do I do it? Why am I like this? Do you ever, do you guys ever get disappointed in yourself where you're like, I'm just so tired of the same bullshit, you know? Sorry, if there's any kids listening. Hey, if there's any kids listening, I got a joke for you. Uh, two naked ladies walk into a, no. Um, did everybody have a good Monday? We're, we're back in the week. We're full force. We're 20% through the through the week right now. So we're good. Also, I watched Below Deck Med. I really want to strongly recommend Below Deck Med. If you have not gotten into it, we're up to episode eight. And if you have Peacock, the streaming app, you can actually watch episode nine right now. Um, but they are having the best season ever. And I know it's getting big ratings, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about it on Instagram or Twitter, and it is just so damn good. We are really in the golden age of trash TV, folks. Um, Today, though, I want you to go with me. I want you to take a little bit of a detour. And will you do that? Will you trust me? So here are my thoughts. We all love pop, pop culture, right? We all love Bravo. We know that. But if you take you know, if you swing a slight left, you go about 30 feet down, you have a little show called Dateline NBC. And I think this is really under the same umbrella of pop culture. We all like the same things. That is my theory. And something you don't know about me is that I love Dateline NBC. I love Keith Morrison. I mean, who doesn't love Keith? Keith Morrison is a pimp. Um, I I can't say enough good things, but I grew up watching Dateline NBC. And today we have two women that host, I think, the best podcast on Dateline with us. It's called A Date with Dateline. That's a great title. Even though I kept in the interview, I kept calling it A Date with Deadline because that's just like a little, little catchier. I don't know. Um, but they we did like an hour and a half and it was so good, you guys. Once it gets really going, they talk about some of their favorite cases. We talk about tropes of the show. But I really do. I really want to know what you guys think of this because it's a little left of center. But what I keep saying, it's in the same DNA of this show, of these things, of these TV shows, of this pop culture that we love so much that kind of comfort us 
and take us away from all the crappy things in our life. And Dateline has always done that for me. Um, and, and I think for a lot of you guys too. So I'm kind of taking a little bit of a gamble, but I don't, I don't think it's that much of a gamble because these ladies are hysterical. We laugh so much, but then there's also some serious moments. There's also some scary moments. We talk about some crazy stuff. The Lori Vallow case we talk about. I mean, if you guys don't know the Lori Vallow case, which I think a lot of you do, it is so wild and bizarre and sad and heartbreaking and scary. We talk about that. We just, I don't know. So my guess is a lot of us are alike. And I think if we like Bravo, there's a good chance that you're going to like Dateline too. And this was just so fun for me to do. And these ladies have done over 200 episodes. I'm going to put their website up there. I want you to follow them on social media, on uh, go check out their website. They have merch, but they've been doing this for a while. They have a Patreon. They are so, they're just pros. And what I love is that it's like two friends. It's two friends that I think they've been friends. we, We talk about at the end, like since college. And I just think this is so cool when two people get together out of a mutual passion for something a little odd, you know? I mean, <laughs> you know, could you imagine talking about Dateline? I mean, that's every week. Oh, but I can't say enough good things about these ladies. So I really, really hope you dig them. And it's a little bit of a longer interview. I think it's like an hour and 20 or an maybe an hour and 30. So we're just going to get right into it. And Wednesday's episode is going to be a little more segment heavy in terms of I have a segment about Tom Girardi's estate sale. I think we're going to be hearing from Bill and Becky Bailey. Uh, It'll be a whole, whole rigmarole. And then I believe Thursday will be Annabelle DeSisto. And we're going to have the final chapter in the 50 Shades of Grey movie recap series. And I'm telling you, folks, You know, send the kids to summer camp or whatever, because it is it's going to get dirty. It's going to get sexy. I mean, and mainly we talk about just how horrible this Fifty Shades of Grey movie series is. And then, of course, on Friday, we have one of my favorite days of the week, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. Now, folks, I don't get to see the new episode until Wednesday, along with everybody else. So who knows what is going to happen? But I, 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 I am planning on explosions from Sutton. Also, I got a DM. I got a DM from somebody today that goes, Sutton doesn't say, I say, I say, does she? And I was like, no. I think she thought she was like proving a point like I was wrong. And I'm like, none of my impressions are even really impressions. They're just like, Sutton's like, I say, I say, how you doing, hot stuff, I say, I say. Like, I figure like it's like puffing out her chest. But I, she was like, she doesn't even say that. And I was like, I know, I don't, these aren't accurate imitations. I, I, I hope everybody knows. I don't think they sound anything like them. And that's anyways, I'm, I'm done explaining, uh, without further ado, uh, two of my new friends that I am, I hope to work with in some form down the line. Cause they made me laugh so much. Kimberly and Katie and the podcast is a date with Dateline. Did I sound at all like Keith Morrison right there? Here, let me try it again. These ladies are from the podcast A Date with Dateline. This is a story about a crime that occurred a long time ago in Phoenix, Arizona. Happened in 1962. <laughs> Lovely young couple just starting in life out on their 
date in a 1959 Chevrolet with those sweeping tail fans? They wound up dead. And that's the story we'll be telling you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Tuesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I, of course, am Ryan Bailey. Today, I was talking to you guys about, I was really excited. We're going to take a, a little detour of what we usually do, but it is in the same DNA in things that we all love, in these shows that we all love. And I think what we're going to talk about today is such a perfect example of pop culture, especially in today's, like, you know, today's day and date of what we really respond to now. Now, this show that we're going to talk about, uh, the show itself is something that I've always been, I guess, sickly fascinated with. I'm just all, I always tape it. It's always on my DVR. I even have Keith Morrison as my pop socket. Like this thing has like reached into, I, I it just, it's, it's always in me. I just don't get a chance to talk about because I don't know if we sometimes want to talk about these things, but our next guests talk about them every week and they do it brilliantly. It is an amazing podcast. If you don't know about it, you're going to know about it today. And I know you are going to run off and subscribe and hit five stars immediately. So uh, the podcast itself is called A Date with Dateline. Of course, it is our favorite show on NBC, Dateline. Now, the description is amazing. Kimberly and Katie are the hosts and they're professional true crime TV experts with no formal training, but evidence lockers filled with snark and uninformed opinions. Katie watches Dateline and hopes to learn how to prevent her new husband from murdering her for the life insurance money. And Kimberly watches so she'll know what to say when Keith Morrison interviews her about her best friend, Katie's murder. So Kimberly and Katie, a Date with Dateline podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited. Thank thank you for having us. Identify voice. Kimberly is? Me. High pitch. Okay. High pitch, Kimberly. And Katie? Low pitch, Katie. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) you guys, I'm so uh, excited to have you here because I don't get to talk about Dateline yet. Dateline, I think for a lot of our listeners, including myself, I watch this show every week. I mean, it's part of the American like culture now, I feel. Oh, yeah. It's part of the zeitgeist for sure. Well. How do you guys know each other and how does it even get brought up of like, hey, do you know that true crime show? We should talk about that uh, for people. Um, That took a lot of convincing, actually. Well, oh, not so you, too much. You convinced you had to do the convincing? I did. Katie? I did she because convinced. Kimberly's the true Dateline fan. So Kimberly I loves Dateline and Kimberly also is amazing at recapping complete movies, episodes, what have you to me. If I haven't seen something, she'll tell me something from beginning to end. And I find that very enjoyable. (laughs) And so when I realized that there were no podcasts out there covering Dateline, like no one reviewed Dateline episodes. And so I said, hey, will you do this, please? Pretty please, pretty please. And she said, yes. And now here we are. I okay. said, sure, no one's going to want to listen to it, but I will definitely do it. You, I mean, I was, I was watching Dateline all all, all the time. Always. Yeah. Always. <laughs> always. It's but been like, on a million years. And it's years. weird. It's so weird to say you have your favorite episode of a show where someone gets I, murdered. That's what it's, I was thinking of. I asked you. But I have a list of my favorite episodes, you I, know, and I watched them repeatedly. And I watched it with my parents and I just loved it. But I had no one really to talk about it with. So. I was excited to get Katie into it. But I think you don't say it's your favorite episode. It's your favorite case. 
Oh, it's a case because it's, it's a real case. case, which makes it sound a little bit better. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. Well, I, it would always air Sunday nights. MSNBC usually will put like six hours on at night, like right yes. when you're going to bed. And mm-hmm. it really depends on how good or bad the quote unquote cases are and like how mm-hmm. fast I go to sleep, because sometimes like I think we're spoiled now with Dateline, especially if it's a two hour one. I'm like, good. OK, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. If it's an hour one, I'm like not a good case. I'm really getting snobby. <laughs> like I want more hours in Dateline, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And we are always, people get so angry when there's repeats. They're always on the social media page of Dateline being like, why is it a repeat? Why is it a repeat? <laughs> I'm like, you're essentially saying you want more people to be murdered, but that's okay. <laughs> um, we just want more episodes all the time. And I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I uh, well, so I used to also be a fan of 48 hour murder mystery on CBS, which used mm-hmm. I don't know if it still airs on Saturday, but there was like a really sweet spot in 2008 where I thought that was really almost competing with Dateline in a way. And then Dateline just dusted them and like 48 hour murder mystery kind of fell by the wayside. And Dateline just really is like, to me, a juggernaut. You guys have been doing this since 2017. Is it slowing down for you at all? Like how often I was, you guys even dipped into the ID network now. And I mean, diversifying is there, are the (laughs) Dateline? Diversifying our true crime (laughs) portfolio is. um, Are the Dateline people pissed? We're like, you're only Dateline. No. Not they've yet. never said anything. I think they, they just, they're very sweet. I like to say they, they gently tolerate us, but they actually are really sweet and encouraging to us. But uh, no, we, and always we're saying these ID shows are nowhere near as good as Dateline. It's never like, wow, this should, this is date. This episode of ID is incredible. <laughs> the reenactments are so well acted and it's, Sorry, that's what we call reenactment. Wait, wait, um, say that. Wait, wait. So the audience reenactments. Reenactments. But again, Dateline doesn't do those. They never do reenactments. Um, no. And I love that for them. Like, I mean, like honestly, it's like I feel like audience are so sophisticated that we know. Like, I hate when like somebody's like playing Manson in like an ID discovery thing, and it's just like a, sure. a guy with long hair, and he's like, "Follow me, my children." And you're like, "Come on, you could." Just tell us what he said, you know? Yeah, we saw one with Ed Gein a while back, and I was like, this doesn't seem quite right. Like a, when it's a massive serial killer, you know, somebody who's yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of world-renowned, you're like, what's going on here? But they, you know what? ID is such a, like, a vast, like, I don't want to say black hole, but, like, it, it's like a, they have so many shows on ID Network. Like, Dateline is perfect in its perfection. Like, it's got its secret sauce that makes Dateline work. But once you start dipping your toe into ID Network, it's a, there's like everything. Every, every, like the wild, wild west out there on it ID is. Network. It well, is. I, Nothing I makes sense. It's no. bizarre. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to. It's just content. No. Like, yeah. I, I say that about Bravo, which we cover so much on here and like 90 Day Fiance, which I know you guys are familiar with yes. and stuff, is that sometimes I'm like, it's too much. Like, I need to have my life back at a certain point. Like, right. you know, it's like, and especially if they're not going to make, if it's like a subpar episode, I'm like, oh, great. I, I just, this is just content. And mm-hmm. I like, but it just, it also dif- differentiates when you see that special dateline that just yes. knocks it out of the park. Right. And you're mm-hmm. like, and it, it fools you, you it tricks you. Like, I mean, there, yep. there are some, but what do you think some of the tropes? I love the tropes in dateline where, you guys even have this on your website. I was cracking up. You said uh, a quote from you guys. 
never let your smile light up a room because that is like the voiceover you guys is they'll be like, (laughs) she had a smile that lit up a room. Like they Uh have these narration that is just amazing. If you love life or have a smile, if you're the life of the party, um, (laughs) if you'd give someone the shirt off your back, you're in danger, girl. If your smile or laughter is described at all, you're you're toast. That's the end. Yeah, I'm sorry. If either one, your smile or your laughter is contagious. Yeah, you're 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 dead. That's it. Yeah, you're as good as dead. We know what's gonna happen. Yeah. So we we have it's, bingo cards for Dateline episodes. And so yeah. we have it started off really small where we had like a handful of cards. And now I've made, I don't even know, 60 to 100 cards that all have like different tropes on them that you see in all these episodes, like the over B-roll shots that you see in every episode and um, the cell phone tower pings and the <laughs> random sh- like even Josh Mankiewicz <laughs> got into it and he starts suggesting ones for our bingo cards. Like he suggested the image of the cell doors closing, clanging shut. Yeah. <laughs> like Clang. Yeah. Uh, so we put all that. We, we, we just know the show really well. I think after all this time. So we keep noticing the same, there's like the random interview that shows up and has one line and then we never see them again. And we're always like Dateline went there to that (laughs) soccer field and interviewed that person at night. They made Andrea Cannon go at night to the soccer field. And then they only use one line. We never heard from that person again. The worst B-roll footage, and they do this with the Bachelor franchise as well, where they'll, and it's even worse with Dateline sometimes because it's these people that have been through tragedy and they'll be like, uh, just look off in the distance. Yes. You know, we're just going to po- just look off in the distance and just think some dark thoughts. And and they do that with The Bachelor too, but it's much lighter on The Bachelor. They're just looking for love. Yeah. And usually these people have suffered like something hugely Tremendous tragic. Tremendous loss. Yeah, yeah. We, exactly. Um, we have uh, look walking by a body of water looking yeah. out the window pensively we have a Folgers moment which is mm-hmm. where you're holding your coffee cup that's steaming um and we've had people sent like contests where people send in their best b-roll and sometimes it's like their dog looking out the window like they're waiting for their husband to return home from war like very pensively um because that's those are the best shots they always have someone driving and they do like shots from the side they do shot from the speedometer up at the person's face they have a cameraman in the back seat (laughs) shooting the person through the window it's like this i don't know it's I wrote down one to ask you guys about, and I I haven't seen this one in a while, but when they'll do a tight shot on the face and then you're like, he's wearing a prison outfit, isn't he? They're like hiding, they're hiding the prison outfit, you know, like because he's been busted, he or she's been busted. And, uh, you know, so we don't see that until the very end and they pan out a little bit more and they see the jumpsuit. We call that a prison fake out. And (laughs) we've had that, we've discussed that many times um, with Josh Mankiewicz. He will say like a producer will give them a shirt to put on. So it doesn't look like their prison shirt. He said one time they even stole a painting from his hotel room to put it behind the person. So it looked like they were in a normal room and not in a prison. So they just walked out of the hotel with this giant painting. Now. Go, you you mentioned Josh Mankiewicz, who is one of, what do we call, what do we call Hosts. these guys? Hosts. So who are, you got, you got Josh Mankiewicz, you got, of course, you know, the- Keith Morrison. Uh, Keith Morrison, the legend who, by the way, you guys, he's also Matthew Perry's stepdad from Friends, um, but he's like a weird kind of legend on his own. Bill Hader did an imitation of him on SNL. Who else we got? Andrea Canning, is she mm-hmm. one? Yes. Uh, Josh- Dennis. 
Dennis um, Murphy. And now those were our original four that we've had since we started the podcast. And then they just recently added Natalie Morales, who was on sometimes, but now she's an official correspondent. Which is great because now we have two women. Two women. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, I I was reading, you guys, they did an article on you guys in the LA Times and they even mentioned the fact that you guys, Dateline really does enjoy your podcast. You guys are friendly and Josh Mankiewicz has been on your show a bunch of times. Like you guys are actually a part of the lexicon now in Dateline, which is just so, is that bizarre? It's bizarre that they publicly acknowledged it because <laughs> I think we're really embarrassing. I think we're like the embarrassing kid sister that's trying to hang on. Wait, but, why would um, you be? You're the perfect representation of like us fans. Why would it be embarrassing at all? Because uh, it's a very <laughs> serious. I think more just because Dateline is a very serious show. Yeah, yeah. like yes. it's serious reporting. I mean, once in a while they do something that's a little tongue in cheek, but like you know, and sometimes on the episodes where there's not a murder involved, they'll have a little more fun. So if it's a heist or something like that, they'll have a lot of fun with it. But um, but I feel like because we don't we don't handle it in necessarily in a serious manner. That yeah, I think that probably at first they were. I guessing they might have been like nervous, Skeptical. but I yeah. think they see that we're not making fun of Dateline. We legitimately love Dateline. And yeah. we also are not making fun of people who have passed away. Generally, if we're talking in a snarky way, it's about someone who has been convicted of murder. Does that make sense? So there's it, a- to- it totally does. And I do it yeah. to a much lesser degree with Bravo shows. Where I yeah. like, I mean, I will have very strong opinions, but at the end of the day, I love it dearly. And yeah. I know some of these are very serious topics they deal with, but sometimes yeah. the way they're handled or shot or something can amp up the ex, you know extremeness of something where you can get certain laughs, not out of Dateline, you know, per se, but there are certain things in Dateline where Keith oh, Morrison, yeah. just the 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 pattern of speech, the mm-hmm. you know, I, I once went to a, a birthday party and Josh Mankowitz came in and it was like a sea party. And he was like a celebrity where it was like, yes, boogie, boogie nights, Mark Wahlberg walking in Josh Mankiewicz <laughs> walks in and he's like, Hey everybody, how you doing? You know? And I'm like, Holy crap. It was like a, a star. Yeah. Oh, we should all be so lucky to have the charisma that Josh Mankiewicz has in his little finger. I mean, just the, the, the smile. pocket square, the yeah. smile and the yeah. it's um, in the article I was reading on, uh, in the LA times, it also said you guys went to the, the crime convention. Was it crime con? What is that? crime con? Yes. Yeah. We've been a couple times and it's so much fun. It's just a bunch of true crime people who love true crime podcasts, true crime documentaries. Um, there are like serious people there, like private detectives who are solving cases, a lot of them, a lot of things like that. Um, and then there's also just fans. It's so much fun. Um, well, that's the thing is that the, the fandom that I mean, I think this is under the umbrella really of pop culture of something that we really that it really almost is like self-care and relaxes us watching these very extreme things now. And I don't know if it was like that 20 years ago, whether it be, you know, I, I was desperately waiting for the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix, you know, and I was like yeah. powering through that. Or I just this weekend, I watched a six part thing on cocaine cowboys on Netflix and these uh-huh. very serious things, but I couldn't, I can't get enough of it. And there are so many like-minded people you guys know from the success of the pod. And mm-hmm. these are things that we really 
I mean, why do you think it is with some these really extreme things that they almost relax us and they all like it's very different and it has this huge following and we all watch these shows. Why do you think we're fascinated with Dateline and, and with murder and mystery? I think sociologists can answer this much better than I have. I've read a few articles on it. I think the a lot of women watch as a, well, I would do that differently. And then it kind of makes yourself feel better because you maybe think that you wouldn't put yourself in that situation. Or maybe you learn from that person's mistakes and you go, okay, I could do that better. Or I'm going to lock my doors and make sure I don't get taken by a serial killer. Like you learn tips on things yeah, yeah, yeah. and how to, how to survive out there. Um, and there's something about just really, um, people always have liked really extreme emotional things hmm. like yeah. and um since the beginning of time like greek tragedies and people yeah. love stuff like that and so what's darker and more twisted than murder a true crime those you can't believe these people are real they live That's next it. door yeah. to you yeah. they they could be your neighbors and they're um cheating and stealing and killing and you're like this was a person how did they snap like this could could i know someone that's like this it's just fascinating i'm yeah, not I, describing it very well no you, you described it perfectly no i was just i was literally thinking about this uh philip seymour hoffman once said on inside the actor's studio is saying sometimes people will say movies it's you know it's too dramatic or something so movies and he goes man if you go on a the l train and look across from you you're going to see more dark human behavior than mm -hmm. any movie could ever possibly give and and dateline proves that i mean we've seen stories on dateline i'm thinking of the one in particular right now remember he was like the uh the community theater actor and he got yes. married and he, he, he started stealing the ATM things from mm -hmm. the, the yes. military person. Yes. Yeah. And he was going to marry uh, that curtain. girl. Final, final curtain. Yes, mm -hmm. final curtain. Yeah. Like I was thinking how this guy was running around and he was like this theater guy and he's yeah. in jail now. But you would think what a bizarre story that he thought he could get away with this and he had another woman involved and he had it it's it's wild the desperate choices that people will make and they think that they're smarter than the police and they think that they won't get caught it's fascinating and we so we love the episodes where the criminals are just really stupid and make because then you can just make fun of them blanketly because they're horrible people and they just are so dumb right well do you guys know anything about like th this seems to be a, another trope is and it's it's silly that this keeps getting into play, but how come insurance companies are even selling insurance policies? Like, like always you're like, he did raise the insurance policy to $8 billion right before her death. Right. Like, why doesn't this set off red flags at every insurance company of, he just put, he just added a million dollars onto this lady's thing. Like, why don't they reach out to the wife or the husband at the time and go, just wanted to let you know, your spouse just raised your life insurance. I just want to make sure you sign off on it as well. Yeah. Or is this your signature? Just yeah. checking. Mm -hmm. Is it maybe your husband's mistress that came in wearing a wig, pretended to be you and signed the papers? It, it's, it's you're like, mm. uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the other trope before we get into some favorite episodes or favorite cases is, is it does seem that, and this is not even like a stretch of the imagination, but I have a lot of friends that are girls. This seems to be a common theme in life, not just Dateline men are stupid as hell. Like we like men seem to be the biggest idiots. And this is Dateline should be called like men are idiots line because 
it, it's always guys getting and they go to the extreme thing of instead of being honest or getting out of this situation, they're like, I'll, I'll kill this person instead of having to tell the truth. Isn't it seem like that's a common theme in a lot of these cases? A yes. common theme is like, why don't you just get a divorce? Exactly. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Like, yeah why, are they, like, why, why wouldn't you just you're going try to the nth degree instead of just. Yeah, this is a much easier option that might not put you in prison, but it's not. <laughs> I would not say that this is exclusive to to it, just men. Yes, there are some pretty gnarly ones, but we have seen um, some women murderers, heinous especially women. lately that are the scary thing is they're just more heinous. Yeah, it's much well, what do you more, want? Like, what's an example of that? You think Lori Vallow? Oh, you guys, the Lori Vallow case. I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow. Chad Daybell is like a ministry of like an interesting religion that, you know, all of a sudden, like, like Lori Vallow's kids were zombies, like anything that was like, you know, he was trying to get with Lori and Lori was trying to get with him and he convinced her she was like a supreme being and that everybody that was against them were demons. And I'm laughing because it sounds so silly, but they ended up killing the two kids and they found the kids on the property finally. But it really is. And she like she thinks she did the right thing. Yeah, that Somewhere case is ongoing. We're on our f- we will we'll be on our fifth Dateline about that, and then our fifth a date with Dateline on it because it it's the case that never stops. No, it just keeps going, keeps going. But some some women also like we've covered several that it's like multiple crimes spanning countries and spanning years, and it's like killing a husband here, then going and killing a husband here. So generally, a woman who killed who had her boyfriend kill her mom, and then Mm -hmm. years later had her brother kill the boyfriend. It's. I mean, that's, I mean, but by the way, even the Lori Vallow one, like her brother ended up dying. Her second oh, husband yeah. ended up dying. Oh, there's her, like, layers on I that I mean, that's one. what mm-hmm. it really yeah. makes you scared to like be single in this world. And like, I mean, once you hit your thirties, yeah. you're like, uh, can I get a full history of everything in your life up yeah. to this point? Like or married. It makes me nervous <laughs> yeah. to be married. Like that's 90% of these cases are, <laughs> are people killing their spouse all the yeah. time. It shows you that you never really know somebody potentially. That is what we say. Apparently all the time. not. Yeah. The spouse never, and they stick up for them. The new spouse that met them after their first spouse yep. mysteriously died always sticks by their side. And you never know someone. You can live with someone for 40 years and never really know them. Oh man, it's such a bummer. But it's, it's but but it's the psychology of that because I think it is, you're right. There is that little part of us are like, well, you know, I've I've lied about like, you know, taking out the trash. I told my mom I took out the trash and I did, you know, when I was younger, I lied there. And like, you kind of like, well, maybe if all things went wrong in my life, would I lie about that? You start to question how Every, strong yeah. you would be in your own resolve to tell the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, so like I said, these aren't uh, favorite uh, datelines, but more like favorite cases. Um, what? And by the way, what was your first one? Do you guys remember the the first one in 2017 you did? Well, we did like five test episodes that never aired there on Katie's hard drive in her garage or something. Uh, and the audio that, that's on the Smithsonian. Like that's the podcast <laughs> Smithsonian right there. You that's two computers those. ago. Two computers ago. It's uh, yeah. And we both sound like we're in like a tunnel, like we're on like a <laughs> underwater a, a baseball stadium, like. 
like, like on that something. submarine ride at Disneyland yeah. where you're like <laughs> like that. It's rolled. It's gnarly. Yeah. And then one of our episodes got taken down for some reason, so we re- like re-released it when our we hit our yeah that just episode. disappeared. Yeah. But like what our is our t- number one that's up no there at this point? I don't remember because we did so many tests and then we re-recorded yeah. so many Speakers times in the, the early desert. Days. May okay. 27th, 2017. But the second one was the Charleston affair, not oh. to be confused with the Carlton plot. Both great episodes. Yeah, those That's are both another very thing is good. the dateline titles like kill us. They they that we do yeah. snark on them a bit about the titles because there's like 18 different episodes called Toxic and Poison or the murder on so-and-so drive slash yes. lane slash road slash circle. You know, we Lots but we those. love it. We love what it, but there? we do have a couple... segment where we do alternate titles. What was it a year ago? It was like the full moon on Lover's Lane, or like the, there's like oh, the, weird, the night bizarre... of the summer solstice. Yeah, was one that, that happened yeah, there recently. Was like some yeah. Really weird. Where I was like, that's a little really. different. Under um, a Halloween moon is yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, they've got a bunch. Yep, they yeah. go do, for it sometimes. Do like Josh Mankiewicz and these guys? Do you guys know if they write their own scripts or is there a Dateline writers room? They they oh. write their own scripts, but they don't write the title. Yeah. As far as what Mank has told us. Yeah. So oh, when you he hear, never you're, knows what you're ones on a, are you're, you're on a Mank named uh, basis with Mankowitz. Mank. <laughs> well, we have we have code names for all of our. Uh, Wait, what like, are the co- what's, what are the code names for the rest of them? Keith is the lean king. Um, he leans against stuff. He leans. And um, our friend Emily has this. um. Uh, Instagram account called Keith Leans on Things, and it's hilarious. I highly suggest everyone go check it out. She's been amping up the content lately. She like does. A He's really leaning on things a lot more lately. Leans and she's on things all the time, and oh, yeah. she has like a protractor, so she has the angle of the lean. Oh, and the, really funny. It's, it's really, really funny. funny. It's <laughs> clever. Yeah. Um, Josh Mankiewicz, it, we call him Sir Mankey with the hanky because he always has the he pocket, wears like a pocket square. square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a dapper. He's dapper. Fella. Yeah. Yeah. Super dapper. Um, Katie can explain to you why we call Dennis Murphy. Dennis is enough. Oh, okay. Well, let's explain Andrea first. So it's, um, she's just queen Andrea, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember why at this point. I don't know, but when we made the merch, she's regal. Put, and I made them all cross stitches. The A is, is white pants because she always wears white pants, like a superhero. Also, she's a mom of six and how she can wear white yeah. pants with no stains is beyond me. And I think she's actually friends with one of the housewives, uh, Kelly Dodd from Orange County, which no, she's not. I think she she is, is, which is a very extreme housewife. And it made me think twice about Andrea. I was like, whoa, that's who she hangs out with. I saw it also makes you question how extreme Kelly actually is in real life or how amped that is for the show. If she's friends with someone like Andrea Canning. Well, I think it's through her husband, who's a Fox news or was a Fox news anchor. Um, uh, oh, Rick wow. Leventhal is her husband who used to be a Fox News anchor and mm. I thought maybe that's the connection they all maybe went to like broadcasting school or something that could be it yeah hmm. that's fascinating hmm. I'm curious about that oh and then Dennis Murphy is Dennis is enough Murphy because everybody kind of had a thing and when we came to Dennis it was like well Dennis is enough Dennis is also my unabashed favorite I love Dennis Murphy. I, that actually warms so. my heart because I sometimes worry that Keith Morrison gets the lion's share of attention and then Josh Mankiewicz. Like, I always feel like sometimes a little yeah. like you want the other guys to get a good case because 
Keith oh, Morrison Dennis at this point good just, cases. Yeah, yeah. I just gets, Keith Morrison at this point is just like a like a pop culture icon. He I, is. Yeah, I think he Dennis probably is okay though, living in Florida with his wife and not being the. I think they call one episode, one magazine called Keith, like the granddaddy of true crime or something like, very, like <laughs> uh, and all the ladies have a crush on him. I think Dennis is okay being just Dennis is enough. Like, I think, he's, yeah, I think he's at least he said he likes the merch that we sent him and he keeps it out and he likes, oh, he's, he he's likes very sweet. sweet. We got handwritten thank you notes from oh. Dennis. Yeah. I lost my mind. I was yeah. like, that is just the sweetest thing. And also, oh, Josh Minko had said that he's really professional. Like he's a pro. So like, this is his job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I think he probably likes a little bit of the hype, but that's not his bag. I think yeah. he's more like, I do this, but then I'm, you know, over here in Florida on my boat. I don't know if he has a boat. I'm assuming. Have you had, <laughs> have you had any uh, contact with Mr. Morrison? Yes, we yes. um we've met him at CrimeCon and then the next year we got to interview all three of the male hosts. Andrea was um having a baby, I believe. And so we had uh Josh and Keith and Dennis and we got to interview them and it was just not intimidating those, at all. One of those surreal moments. It really was where we were looking at each other and we asked them the dumbest questions like who would survive in the Hunger Games and like just the dumbest. We'll do better next of. time. I mean, we'll that's be what I, would, I would want to know who would survive in the Hunger Games with those. I mean, well, I mean did yeah. Keith come in like a rock star with like leather pants or something like that? Or like, <laughs> could a, you imagine only yeah. great green, green M&Ms or something? <laughs> no, Keith Double is like crossbows. the most mild <laughs> homebody guy ever. He's yeah. Keith is like shy and does doesn't like a lot of the attention. So it would be great if he had a meek voice too. And he just like <laughs> gets the voice on just for voiceovers. You right. Know? And then normally yeah. talk. Yeah. And then normally you know, has a completely different voice. Yeah. That'd I be think great. he likes just being a normal guy too. I think Josh yeah. likes the, um, the fame. So yeah, he likes yeah. the razzle dazzle, the razzle dazzle. Yeah. Cause he's a razzle dazzle it's, guy. It's, it's he likes time, to go to the baby. fancy steakhouses. And of course. Yeah. Um, okay. So, we're about to get into top five potentially. But oh, I'm boy, sorry. This... So sorry to interrupt. We'll yeah. get in so much trouble. They did just add Natalie Morales, and we are calling her the marvelous Miss Morales because perfect, marvelous Miss Maisel. That's a great. Yeah, yeah. it works. Um, wait, do you guys get uh, episodes in advance by chance? No, we don't. They don't. No. Okay, Bravo doesn't do that either with me, and it's like a bummer because I'm like, oh, I could get my work done so much quicker. Um, I know. I'm yeah. trying to get the East Coast feed right now, so at least I can have like a three hour jump start on my recap. You, 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 what you do is get YouTube TV and act like you're in East Coast. And I've then... tried. It kicks me off. It goes. We have sense that you are in. Ah, LA. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So what probably needs to happen is that I need to get YouTube TV and you sign in as me. No, it knows, I am, it's knows where I am because someone, someone sent me their YouTube TV and they live in Pennsylvania or uh, oh. Nashville. And they're like, we know you're not yeah. in Nashville, Kimberly. Nice. But try. It's like, Calm down. What do you think? Like, is YouTube against us? Like going on Twitter, like with right. the East Coast people? Like, oh, I mean, what do they think is going to happen? That's so very elitist. Strange. The East yeah. Coast people um, on the West Coast get shafted all the time. This is a fairly serious question. I and I was reading. um the uh the the book uh about the golden state killer which mm -hmm. uh they did a great documentary on hbo i'll be gone in the dark mm -hmm. um and it was really beautifully written and i really enjoyed the i mean i really i thought it was fascinating the hbo documentary and i remember when the golden state killer got caught it was like two in the morning all this stuff started to come in on twitter they think they got him and all this stuff and i i got really scared like i was like i don't know why but i got really 
like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can't believe I know all this information and it's just been scary. And I got scared. Do you guys ever get scared? Is there ever been a dateline or, or that just like, this is way too scary. This is actually staying with me past the show, past the, the, the snarky com- commentary potentially. Has there anything that stayed with you that just is like, it gives me the heebie-jeebies? Yeah. Do you want, me, do, you want do you want to answer? Or do you want me to answer? Do you want me to answer for you? Kimberly's <laughs> afraid of things. Kimberly has some fears. Um, but I don't, I'm not, I also watch all of those things, the very real true crime, everything very serious, like surprisingly. I'm very into unsolved cases and things like that. I'm one of those people. Um Sometimes some of those cases can really hit you. Dateline, I think the way that they do it, not so much, doesn't get to me as much. It doesn't mean that other cases haven't, but I can't think Lori Vallow a little bit because we generally don't cover anything that has to do with children. We don't cover those cases if they're on Dateline and we don't. We So there's a few things that we just strictly stay away from. Children's one of them, except in the case of Lori Vallow because the case is ongoing. But it's so disturbing that like, yeah, it got me a little bit. I was thinking about it for a while. I was worried. Sorry, Kimberly. What did I don't at all, but because I don't get scared when it's like a husband kills his wife, a wife kills her husband. I'm single. I can convince myself I would never drink um, a mysterious beverage that my spouse gave me or, you know, have a rickety flight of stairs in my house. What Um, if it's not mysterious? What if it's a Snapple? See, that's where they get you. But now I'm too suspicious. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Made made from the best stuff on earth. By the way, we just had a Snapple. We just had a Snapple episode. Yeah, I just heard that. Just happened. And we said the best stuff on earth is apparently arsenic. Um, So, no, I'm not scared of those episodes because I can convince my mind that it won't happen to me because I won't let those people into my life. It's like a game I play with myself. It's not true. But Katie could kill me for all I know. But because you never know someone, she wouldn't. She's staring. No, she yeah, never Kate, would. She Katie's has, like, there's Katie's got like 200 of hours of an alibi right now. He has like the heart of like a rabbit, like the whatever the nicest creature is. That's Katie's heart. A brutal but, rabbit. A brutal killer rabbit. Ferocious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to do Monty Python what if every the time. Rabbit was kill- oh, God. Yeah, if you bring yet. it up, I'll bring it. I'll bring it up. <laughs> if we're talking about ferocious rabbit, it's, I will talk about but, it. So the ones that kill, the ones that really scare me are like, um, there was one called mystery on blood mountain and it was about basically just a random serial killer who was just attacking women for no reason and killing them that stuff scares me because that could get to me so that stuff scares me and then the stuff that really bothers me and i can't get over and katie is the same way is the wrongful convictions like the people that are just railroaded the false confessions the um we have made good friends with the daughter of someone whose mom is in jail for killing her dad but it's a wrongful conviction her mom's name is sandra melgar and Bob Ruff did a whole season on it and everyone should listen to it. Season five, I think it is. Of truth and, and justice. And she's still in prison for killing her husband, which she absolutely didn't do. She was tied up in a closet, having blacked out from having a seizure the whole night. Like she, it, she didn't have a spot of blood on her. There's no evidence. She's still in prison. 
um, Kathleen Zellner is working on the case. So, but it's just those things. Oh, I, I know. I mean, that, me. isn't it crazy that I know who Kathleen Zellner is? Like, yeah, it's so weird. Like right. there, there's like rock star attorneys now where yeah. I'm like, there oh, are. she, her work's good. Her work is yeah, real she's good, good. You know, like, right. she's, she's good, you know? Yeah. I think there are uh, bad parts about that whole thing, but I think there are good parts about everyone being so invested because some of these cases, like when people do podcasts about an injustice or things like that, attention is brought to it and there can be changes, you know, things, people are more aware of it. So as much as like some of it seems like maybe it's, it's overload, but like some of it's really important, right? Yeah. Like, we're seeing people get out of prison on yeah. death row because of a podcast like that, not a podcast like ours, let's be real, but like no. a serious good podcast. That's amazing. Well, yeah. I grew up with uh, West Memphis three. Like that was oh, one of the wow. first documentaries I had watched in true crime. You guys, if you don't know, uh, it was called Paradise Lost. It's a trilogy. And also then Peter Jackson did a film on the West Memphis three. But when I was a kid, I snuck and watched HBO at my friend's house and it really stayed with me. It was so scary to me because this was real. And then they did a sequel and sequel and then they eventually got released. But I remember that and just the power of these documentaries of, you know, mm -hmm. people behind this case and stuff, but it was just wild. And uh, you were talking about the Bob Lori Ruff just did another one, I think last year, or it was maybe the year before on oxygen on the West Memphis three. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's they're uh, still trying to get justice for those boys. It, it's wild, but the Lori Vallow thing, it, the thing that like I've watched the datelines and the, the, even the 2020s and all that stuff on, I think the scary thing is even when they don't fill in the blanks is that our minds fill in those blanks of what was like what was when sure. the brother went into the ex-husband in the house and sure. he said he came for like, what was that conversation or what is right. the conversation between Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow of, you know, your kids are zombie uh, killers, you know, like yep. what is that? Like, those are the things that our imaginations will run wild with, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or how scared that person must have been. Like those, that's hard moments for us. And we kind of yeah. get through those moments as respectfully, as seriously, as quickly as possible, and then get to the like dumb criminals because it's so brutal what happens yeah. to people every well, day. Okay. So let's, if there is uh, some favorite cases, what would be some of your favorite cases for uh, Dateline? We have Maybe. a few. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. You asking us was like asking to pick a favorite child or. Oh, I like, saw you guys. I, I saw you guys on Twitter asking I, about it. I saw I you. I mean, I was like, wow. Really... We asked our listeners to suggest their favorite episodes. I got way too many responses. And then Josh Mankiewicz retweeted it. And then I got even oh, more responses. The name, oh, man. And okay, I was like, there we go. Nick, it's too late. Like we're going on the show this afternoon. I can't do. <laughs> I'm still get. I'm gonna get suggest because people somehow see those tweets asking for true crime suggestions like for days from now, and I'll be like, it's too late, guys. Um, no, we got <laughs> way too many sailed, suggestions. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot, but we do definitely have some favorites. Um, Kimberly and I like a little bit of different things and episodes, I think. But Kimberly's more the Dateline connoisseur. She's been watching it for longer, and so she has more of refined taste. I tend to very much like any cases with con men or heists, or I do like, I like things that, or a long story. So something that has like a big story with twists and turns. We just covered a case called Vendetta that I really, I, I, re I really wanted to do because to me, it was just sort of this, like there were several murders and it seemed kind of more intricate, like um, things like that. Um, 
one of was, the ones was that, Vendetta a two hour one? Vendetta was a two hour yeah. and it's a repeat from a long time ago. Another one that's really good is something. It's a episode called A Villainous Plan. Folks, folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You didn't start the podcast all over again. It is commercial time, and I am so excited to talk about this one. This week's sponsor is Bowl and Branch. Um, the whole thing is, if you are going to invest in a comfortable mattress, uh, it's crazy to think that you would not invest in great sheets to go with that. Now, Bowl and Branch knows high-quality sleep doesn't stop at your mattress. Their ultra-soft organic sheets are transparently sourced and produced in safe, fair conditions. You'll feel a difference and know you're making one. Um, I think that is actually a very cool experience that you actually can work with a company or buy from a company uh, that can affect things at a global scale. Uh, Bowling Branch started with a mission. Produce the highest quality sheets on the market and make the world a better place in the process. Today, they are still the best choice for anyone who wants comfort that lasts. Now, this company founded in 2014 by a husband and wife, Scott and Missy Tannen, and it all comes down to a choice to do what's right. They wanted to give more sleepers more choices for high-quality sheets at a fair price. Now, I actually do have personal experience in this right now as I am laying in my bull and brand sheets right now. I got this beautiful gray color and you know me guys, I'm a dude. I thought, sure, another set of sheets. I put the sheets on and you guys, it is really insane. I can totally feel the difference. It is so comfortable. I told you I laid in bed all Saturday because it felt too good. It was, I was like, this, where have I been? I didn't know sheets were that big of a deal no, for real. Um, it's just great. If you guys are looking for a new set of sheets, no joke. I think just check these things out. In fact, we did this commercial a couple months ago and, and our listener Sheridan, who wrote me this awesome email, she bought a bunch of sheets. I was like, that's awesome. Um, they're actually promoting right now the Signature Hem Sheets. It's a beloved bestseller for a good reason. They get softer with every wash. Are you kidding me? Is that possible? 
Okay, so it's buttery, soft, lightweight in a 100% organic cotton sateen weave that's perfect for all seasons. They come in a variety of colors and in all sizes from twin up to California king. Can you imagine? God. What if I could get a California King one day? So to experience the best sheets you've ever felt, choose Bull and Branch. You can try them worry-free for 30 nights with free shipping and returns. And my listeners, this is so cool, get an exclusive 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code SOBAD at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch, B-R-A-N-C-H dot com, promo code so bad. We really should change the promo code to so good because it's like, it's it actually is good. I'm telling you folks, I wish you could come into my bedroom and feel the sheets yourself. It really are, I mean, anyways, okay, I've said too much, back to Sophie. And it is about uh, bank robbing. It's bank robbers. And so there aren't necessarily murders, but they it's they kidnap people and force them to rob banks that they're working at, which is wild. It's wild to hear it. And then at the very end, it comes out when they reveal when the killers eventually get caught, which they do get caught in this episode. It comes out all of this stuff that they had been doing behind the scenes that the way that they told the story was so good. And it's Dennis Murphy. But it's so good because it's it's very, very detailed of all of these bank robberies. And the thing is, you know, there's more that this this pair of bank robbers did that they didn't cover. But it was how they went. They started with a home invasion, would go into the home, pull the person who worked at the bank out, drive them to the bank and force them to rob their own bank. And basically, it only succeeded one time. We see it four times. <laughs> they were so it bad at one. It. <laughs> Hey, 25%. That's so a good, good. That's, a, that's a good batting average in a way, you know, one. It was, it was like they were trying things out, whatever didn't work. So you could see like, as they went on, like, okay, well that didn't work last time. So we're going to try this this time. But it, I, that case specifically is like, it's real. Is that and then the one with the, the Dennis, head, the fake yes. head? So Dennis also, because Kimberly loves when the hosts do something like I'm, I got really excited about the case. There's two things that happened in this story that made Kimberly delighted. I am sure she's going to want to tell you. No, you (laughs) because I was not as surprised as you were. There's one. I'll talk about the first one. There is when the first robbery happens. And that's what, you know, our first kind of half hour, they kind of drag that robbery out because they strap um, like C4 to him. Got it. And he has to go in the bank and they tell him, you know, if you don't do this, this isn't done by 11. This bomb's going to go off and all this stuff. It's not a bomb. It's not. It's a a fake. It's all fake. Like and then and it's cruel because they taped it to this poor guy who's really hairy. So when they rip it off, he just like rips all his hair. It's like insult to injury. Right. This poor guy. (laughs) But one thing that Dennis Murphy does is he has one of those voice things that changes your voice when you hold it up. And it sounds like this. Like it sounds like that, <laughs> like an angry robot. And so De- this poor guy who's been had a home invasion, him and his mom live together. These guys have come in with voice modifiers. And so, you know, tied them up, held them hostage for 12 hours until the bank opens. And then they have to drive to the bank. Like, and they've been using this voice modifier the whole time. So Dennis in the actual episodes, like pulls out a thing, goes, give me this out like this. <laughs> and you're like, De-. and he's like, well, that kind of, that's kind of, he kind of like shifts in his feet. He was like, that's a little hard to hear. And I was like, <laughs> what's happening? 
Oh that poor God. guy. Like, it went through this whole thing. They made Dennis be like Carrot Top with like props and stuff <laughs> like that. That's wild. It was it was oh, bananas. God. And then at the end, so at the, at the second robbery, they were the, basically, I don't know how much you want me to talk about the case itself. Oh, I love I love all the details, whatever you're, you're comfortable with. It's, I have I, all the details written out, but I'll just give you an yeah, overview. overview. Yeah, overview, um, yeah. So what happens is in the, I believe it's the second time they go and try to do this home invasion slash bank robbery like it's a family that's been tied up so it's the man who works at the bank his wife and his teenage son they're all in the house and the guys are there with now they have guns the second time and people keep sort of filtering in and out one guy will stay but then all of a sudden like there's a black guy that comes out of nowhere and then all of a sudden there is a woman that walks in and says i need milk for the baby and they're like how big is this robbery ring like all of these bank robbers they think that there's all these different people and and, uh, it turns turns out at the very end they find these really expensive like fifteen hundred dollar latex masks that the actual robbers were like going out to the car putting on this elaborate disguise and coming in to throw off the cops So that when the family described to the police, like, oh, we saw this guy and a woman came in at one point and this, it was only two of them the whole time, but they were pretending to be multiple people with these elaborate masks. Oh, that's so good. It's crazy, right? And so it's so good. But the woman like is very distinctive looking. She looks like Uma Thurman from Pulp Fiction. And right before you find out that it is actually a mask that there is no woman because the whole time you're waiting to meet the woman Kimberly what does Dennis do he they're going to commercial and they show a clip of Dennis with the cops he pulls out a mannequin head with this Uma Thurman thing and he goes now tell me who this is and he holds up the mask I jumped hit my ceiling blacked out (laughs) came to again couldn't take it and so that became our new head who dis moment and that was the moment where dennis became not just dennis is enough but dennis is more than enough enough. because he was so extra in this episode this whole episode but he was all excited he had all these props like there were all these crazy things but also like you didn't know the woman was not a real woman. So yeah. you think he's holding up a head. It's a very elaborate <laughs> latex mask. And you're like, what's going I on? I wonder who went, I wonder if Dennis went and bought his own props for that or if somebody no. went and got at them for him. I think it was oh, the yeah, actual. It, no, it couldn't have been. That's evidence. There's oh, no Oh yeah, way. that's true. That's true. Someone else must have gotten, yeah. That's a really good question. How did they get That's we, a question reach to out. ask for Dennis yeah. Wait, next time. You guys, I'm writing this it is, down. I'm this is random. How many... <laughs> Do we know how many episodes overall of Dateline there's been? Bazillion. Well, it's really been on a bazillion. For no, decades, just a lot. Just, but if they're in season 25 now. So yeah. um 25 years. Um, but the, it wasn't all true crime at the beginning. It was all it's only been true crime for the past like decade and or 15 years or so. But I don't know. I'm so we fascinated have done with the over like two, 200 or 300 episodes. God, and, and you're not even close to to ending. Yeah. I mean, that's well. I mean, uh, I do wonder about the Katie's pitching like, process. She doesn't believe me. She's <laughs> we're, we're, we have we have like 250 episodes, um, and some of those are ID, but most of them are Datelines. And then on our Patreon, wow. we also have 200 something episodes. Although some of those are 90 Day Fiance, and some of them are Datelines. Wait, so well, on your Patreon, you guys cover 90 Day Fiance as well? 
Sometimes, yeah. I, is, I is can't there do ever happily ever after because it certain makes me so seasons, sad. Certain yeah. seasons. I kind of vetoed happily ever after. Wait, why? You just don't believe in happily ever after? Not with these couples. You don't believe that a, a Swelu and Kalani are going to be a together Swelu forever? A and Kalani make me just so epically, Anxious. tragically Anxious. sad. Kalani, I want to go to Samoa. Oh, stop. I can't. Um, <laughs> no, I think eventually there will be a crossover between 90 Day Fiance and Dateline. Like, oh, we say that all the time. Kimberly said that for at a while. some point. We yeah. play that game like, who is the most likely to wind up on Dateline all the time? It, and I've been um, guest hosting on Pink Shade with yes, um, Mary Payne. And I was talking, we've been talking about, about Love guys, After Lockup. Yeah. Love After Lockup might come as a Dateline crossover first, Katie, before 90 Day Fiance. Well, well no, but that makes sense. They're both going to hit there. At well, do you feel point. like Dateline at some point needs to start signing these people like NBA players of like going to love <laughs> after Lockup? Like, hey, if we get any exclusive rights, any of your kills, we're going to cover oh the story. God. You know, like it's it, so at some point it is very dark. Um, okay, so that was a great one with Dennis. Yeah. What is another one that uh, is a good case? Um, so I wanted to talk about uh, Twisted Faith because I love, love, like way, I get way too much enjoyment out of um, religious hypocrisy episodes. And seems, wait, by the way, anytime religious involved, it seems like there's hypocrisy involved, you know? Right. Usually because like the people who are like normal, good religious, like they don't wind up in stories on TV. You but know? So They're if they have, living it's gone their life. horribly wrong. Yeah. It's, like, the, it's yeah. something so bad. Wrong, you it's know? not just it's like Lori they stole, Vallow bad. They stole like, from like a seven. 11. It's like they no. murdered their whole family. Yeah. yeah. So um, in Twisted Faith, we have this woman named Sandy Glass, who is she's in a very spiritual church. She's getting visions from Gabriel, who famously um, for told the birth of Jesus and also comes to Sandy Glass to tell her you're going to be getting a new car because um, she needed a new car. So he's he spreads out his time. He's a time management effective. Um and she gets a message from God that the pastor, Nick, who she has a crush on, even though they're both married, um, <laughs> his wife is going to die and then they're going to be together. And but God didn't keep his word. The wife doesn't die. And Nick calls Sandy. He's kind of a hound dog. And he's like, God didn't keep his promise. And he's crying. So Sandy says, I got another vision. Um, God is telling me to tell you that your hands are no longer tied. And Eight days later, the wife dies. So Nick starts sleeping with Sandy. He's been marriage counselor to a bunch of women in the church, a bunch of couples. He sends the husband out of the room and then just counsels the wife. And he's a marriage counselor. Yeah, he is the one who should not be a marriage counselor. Uh, and he starts sleeping with all of these women and telling oh them God. that God, God wants them. God to, said so. God wants me to have make love to you. And he, the fact that it, I mean, the fact that it works more than once is like, and it's like him. He looks like a guy, as we said, who drinks way too much Kool Aid in his mom's basement, and he is greasy looking and. He might Gross. wait, wait, wait. He might have a great personality. The fact that he has to be good looking. Come on. He must might be a great guy. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. <laughs> Katie's I'm totally joking. Well, Katie, I think he has like Katie a greasy said, personality. But huh. as as Katie said in the episode, youth uh, youth pastors and pastors generally have some sort of charisma or a I good would say youth too. pastors for sure, or like yeah. music, uh, church music. Uh, the My sister's that run a music member of a department. big church, and it always it's always like the guy, a super like, church. 
Yeah, one of those mega churches, and they're always like wearing like Express for Men, and like yes, they like, are. Hey, everybody, you know, skinny it's like, jeans. We're they not, were the first to wear skinny yes, jeans. Yeah, yep, like, we're absolutely. not your parents' church. We're for the we're for all you 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 know we're a youthful church, and yeah. always like they have like a Mumford and Sons type band playing or something. <laughs> you know, it's like it's really. I grew up in a Catholic uh, church, and like it's totally different than what I grew. I was just like, what is. is this? You know, this is like way too. They have lighting changes and all this yes. stuff. It's like a production. No, it is. It's like cool. They cool have the to be. best like tech guys too in the industry. Yes, it's like James Cameron from Avatar. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, it is like hologram Jesus comes down. Um, oh okay, so the he's counseling all of the women, sleeping with all the women. How does he get caught? What? Well, oh, so I first forgot to say that there's another pastor who works with people in Africa who are actively bringing back people from the dead. And so he offers to Nick, hey, do you want me to bring your wife back from the dead? And Nick (laughs) says, no, 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 thanks. I'll pass. Hard pass. No, thanks. Um, Got a message from God. She's loving it up there. Yeah. She doesn't want to come back. She's thriving. Someone offers you too much bread at the restaurant and you're like, no, thanks. I'm full. Um, It's okay. Um, And so he's sleeping with all these women. And then um, see, he's counseling all these women. One of them he's trying to sleep with. Oh, this woman. Um, Her husband is sitting by her in the Dateline interview as she's talking about secret rendezvous with the pastor. And he's rubbing her leg. He's so supportive. He's like, she was manipulated into this. I don't blame her. And then she says, well, one day I couldn't go meet him at the hotel. And he told me to give the baby extra um, NyQuil so that um, I could go to the hotel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, She was a new mom. Um, and the right? husband is still rubbing the leg. We're like, stop rubbing the leg. You oh. can't be this supportive. We have she- started GoFundMe for the husband. Yeah. <laughs> and the, well, the fact is, this pro- this lady probably like, like even to this day, probably she was like, this is probably the most alive she's ever felt. See, you know, like be. just like could she. Be. Some some of these women, I think, loved it. She felt very bad. She said she was getting really like sick to her stomach. She felt really bad. Some of the women I think loved. Yeah, for sure. Loved it. Um, One of the women who for sure loved it is the deceased wife's mother who he started sleeping with. Wait, what? His mother's mother? He's like 35. She's in her 60s. He's a monster. He's a monster. Um, He he seduces her or she was into, she says, I wanted to console him. And I, it was a way for us to grieve together. And then she says, "Um, I, I thought I could be for him what my daughter was to him, like make love to him in that way. And when I told him this, he said, no, no, no. I want you to just be you. Don't shush, shush. No. (laughs) And the best part of all this, like we gave gave huge props to the mom for coming on Dateline. Because that's brave. Because she came on on and interviewed and and talked about it. To millions of people. But was yeah. she was she like, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. She, she was, I mean, but like, she's I, like, sh- I I think just so she we was, talked but- to it. Josh Mankiewicz was the host, which is the best because he's like the his, snarkiest. His face, yeah. He's his so face sarcastic. Is, his yep. eyebrow shoots up over his head when he gets yep. like really skeptical. So yep. this was amazing. And he said he thought it was like, oh, we had him on the show afterwards to talk about it. And he said he thought maybe it was her like private penance was having to admit this publicly or to warn other That's people hard. about scam artists like this that can be taken in by religion. Um, I so, do wonder about the, 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 uh, 
like Josh and, and those guys of like, sometimes when they're just like, how do you not keep a straight face, but like, how do you like when you have such strong opinion that somebody's lying to your face or, you know, like just how hard that must be to still need to get them to continue talking, whether it buries them or not, you know? I think what the best part about Dateline, at least for us as the viewer, is they kind of let the hosts show their skepticism and their personalities more than other shows. And so Andrea, I think, gets away with it a lot because she's a woman. And I think the men are disarmed a little and think she's going to be really nice. And instead, she'll say, but we have cell phone records that show that you were there. What are you telling me? Are you telling me that this cell phone records are lie? And then she'll keep hitting them with it. And they're like, I thought this pretty lady was just going to talk to me. Nice. You know, so I think they they're able to hit back a little. We've seen some cussing lately. We've seen Keith Morrison cuss at the prisoner that he's talking to. They bleep it. They bleep it. Um, like so, c- curse and anger or just like, yes. uh, like oh, yes. the one guy was like, yes. you're just here because you get your, you know, your, your ratings and stuff by talking to me and saying that I'm guilty. And Keith said, I don't give a sweet flying F about that. I'm here to get oh, to the truth. But he said the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's turning yeah. into like a Clint Eastwood. It's I know. He is. He's a renegade. You got to watch uh, wait, out. So, so how, did, how does that guy get, Cop. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, the pastor. Everybody. Um. Yeah. Eventually, Sandy Glass made a deal with the police and turned him in. And she knew all about how he killed the wife. Like he had admitted everything to her. How he actively killed her. She still says she got those visions. Now, all of the people in the episode that are still quite religious and spiritual, they don't believe that what Katie and I came to the conclusion, which was Sandy was just a liar or maybe crazy hearing voices something they think she was in fact hearing those voices but they were not from god they were from the devil so okay whatever it whatever reason she was hearing those voices it it ended in a lot of it would be interesting if they could get god as a talking head and he's like i have not i did not give her any i disavow everything that (laughs) this woman is is saying sandy who i don't don't know know her i I know sandy i just didn't give her any messages i do know her though i I made her actually but i don't know her you know um okay so i haven't talked to her in years yeah yeah we lost touch actually just uh i'm gonna see her later in my um, okay, that was a really good one, actually. A very good one. What what yeah. is another one? Uh well, one I wanted to quickly talk about that we had actually Kimberly and I don't know what happened, which happens sometimes in the datelines where we're yeah. not sure if the person who's convicted actually did the crime. And that happens a bunch. And this one was the bathtub mystery. And Basically, in a nutshell, what happened? Oh, is, I think is this the one with the lady and the pills, or they thought it might be she was on. Oh, never mind. Sorry, go. There is no pills in this one. Okay, actually. okay, okay. So this one is it's two newlyweds, Ryan and Sarah. Sarah comes home from work. It's a normal night. They've little literally been married for four months. I mean, newlywed, newlyweds, no children. She, they both working jobs. He comes home, plops himself down on the TV, Monday night football. She says, I'm going upstairs to take a bath. Had sort of been saying I've had a headache on and off all day. Goes upstairs. 45 minutes later, we get the 911 call, which is him on the phone being like, I don't know what happened. My wife fell asleep in the bathtub. I think I was downstairs. I just came up here. She's laying face down in the tub. The EMTs come work on her for 45 minutes. She's gone. Um, she, she dies and it's really sad. She's drowned. So when they find her body, here's the big deal with this case. Again, this is a Dennis Murphy. 
That's how that works. More than enough. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so when the EMTs come in and find her body, here's the issue. Um, the She was taking a bath in the master bedroom, which is, or in the primary bedroom, as it's called now, the primary bedroom and the bathroom is attached to it. Her body is actually when the, all the law enforcement arrives on the carpet in the actual bedroom, not in the bathroom anymore, but she has what is referred to about 45 times in the episode as wet head, dry body. They say it about a thousand times. It becomes like the most important thing because her hair is slightly damp, but her body is completely dry and she is supposedly just been pulled out of the tub. So the gist of this case is that, um, and hold on a second. Oh, and also the area around the tub. So when I say dry, her body is dry, but the bathroom is dry. It's not like you had just pulled someone out of the tub and there's water on the floor, water on towels, water every, you know, water on the wall, anything. Everything is dry in the bathroom. And all of the little lotions and body washes and things that sit on the rim of a tub are all still standing. So nothing's been knocked down. So he had to physically pull her out of the tub, somehow not knock anything over or get any water anywhere. This was like the big thing. Here's the problem with this case. They have absolutely no history of fights. And he is a very, very supposedly sweet and soft-spoken guy. He's extremely mild-mannered. And he's like 23 years old, 24, 23. Like it's, you see this guy and you're like, no. And he's also, according to his mom, like unbelievably distraught. Again, that's his mom that's saying it, but, you know, collapses and sobs. And you hear him on the 911 call and he's pretty upset. We hear a lot of 911 calls. I sound like very judgy. I sound like I'm an old detective. I'm an acting teacher. And like, I always judge those of like of somebody yes. reading a script or somebody, uh-huh. you know, the information they, or the, when they misspeak a word or something, mm-hmm. you, we, but that's how sophisticated these audiences are now, including ourselves is that we do read into every little thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But specifically, yeah, this 911 call to me, when I first heard it and first hearing, I was like, no, he sounds upset. And also to find out that he's obviously a lot more of an introverted guy for him to be even that animated was surprised because, you know, I don't know. I've known a few extreme introverts in my life. And so their level 10 sounds like my level two, right? That's just so anyways, there's no history of fights. He had been down. uh, He, he tells the cops everything that he said that he was downstairs watching football, came upstairs to check on her, found her dead face down head towards the faucet, which becomes important. But like bent at the waist, right? Like she's touching her toes in like gym class. Okay. Yeah. She, I guess she was bent in half like that with her head towards the faucet, which makes actually a lot more sense than how they were making it sound because you would just slump. Right. But it doesn't make a ton of sense for drowning and she definitely drowned. So regardless, the cops think this is all fishy and they arrest Ryan. They do not think this is an accident. He is arrested on the spot. Thus begins the entire episode, which is basically the three trials of Ryan, because it takes like, no, it's crazy. So it goes on this long journey of literally wet head, dry body in three different trials, what different juries think. And Kimberly and I were very invested because it's 
it's almost like you could figure it out, but things it's like you're missing pieces of information, but you're not because all the information is there. Everything I just told you is what happened. Everything is dry. For some reason, she's on a carpet that's also totally dry. Her body is dry. Her hair is slightly damp, but she was supposedly only only in the bath for maybe half an hour. Oh, and none of her hands and feet are wrinkled. There's no like of that stuff that happens when you're submerged in water for a long time. We had a, we had a really hard time with it. Basically I'll go through the jury verdicts really quick. First trial, the jury. Um, this trial was, this trial was where we get the majority of the information, like about the hands. We also find out that she was the toxicology. She was not under drugs. It was, there was no drugs in her system that could have, you know, caused her to pass out overdose, anything like that. She also did not drive a catastrophic brain event. So like she did not have an aneurysm or anything like that, nor did she have a heart attack. The autopsy said there were also bruises on her scalp and neck, which were not consistent with CPR. So Mm -hmm. the hemorrhaging that would happen like with CPR compressions were not there, meaning they were doing CPR on her when she was already gone. And so yeah. bruising on her neck and head means she was alive because you're hemorrhaging. Ooh. So your yeah. blood's moving. Yeah, I know. It's really tricky. Uh, tricky. There were also strange fingerprint patterns on the side of the tub that could be from somebody like clinging to the tub when somebody's holding them under, but they weren't able to get her prints off it because of like the material of the tub and the way that they yeah. were smudged. But now the defense says, okay, in, in refute to that, the finger, the fingerprints that you're seeing on the side of the tub, there's nothing underneath Sarah's nails. She was not clawing at anything. And she has a French manicure that's perfect. Oh, impeccable. wow. Yeah, not chipped, nothing wrong with the manicure. Oh. Also, Sarah had a bunch of strange sleeping habits. It sounds like she was narcoleptic and like seriously strange sleeping habits where she would fall asleep at Christmas parties, like with a room full of people. She'd like kind of curl up in a chair and go to sleep. This is not the first time, but they had experts on the stand. What what Ryan is experiencing is what Katie and I experienced, which is like every fact that you hear, your mind shifts from one direction to another. And you're like, like, I thought he definitely did it. And now I'm starting to go, well, it does like who just falls asleep. But then if you fell asleep in the water, wouldn't you wake yourself? That's what the experts on the stand said, that you would absolutely wake yourself up the minute you started to take in water. But that whole day, she wasn't feeling well. Her throat hurt. The back of her neck hurt which seemed very suspicious to me. I don't know why. And also there is no motive. There's no affair. There's no like, there's no smoking gun here at all. So regardless, the jury goes out, they find him not guilty of premeditated murder, but guilty of murder nonetheless. So how's that even possible? Like he just in a moment of passion, they well, I think it's sort of shifty of prosecution to give the two charges to the jury. Really, they needed to just go with first degree premeditated murder. And instead they went with like, it's still first degree murder, but without the premeditation. So it's not a life sentence necessarily. Whoa, it's okay. weird. So that's the first trial. And then there's two more after that. Yeah, because that that gets thrown out. <laughs> The verdict gets completely thrown out because the jury did exactly what Kimberly and I are like, we need to try this. (laughs) The jury went home and did So the jury in the first trial did experiments. They went home overnight. Two of the women in the jury took a shower and air dried and see, saw how long it took them to dry where their hair would be damp and their body or their body would be dry and their hair would be damp. 
Whoa. You can't do that. You're like totally not allowed to do that. You can't do at home experiments. You have to go with the science presented to you in the case. That's so, so weird. yeah, totally. Well, I thought you were going to say they tried it and they both died too or something like that. <laughs> I was like, uh, got so much darker. But Kimberly uh, and I spent a long time going over the time of like, how long does it take a body to dry? I've tried it. Yeah. And you I mean, did it. How yeah, much? It well, but then we started talking about like rates of humidity. Is there an air conditioner that's drying the air out? The time you know? of year was the there a heater in the bathroom? It's yeah, all of those things factor into how fast your body dries. It was, it's tricky. So they have to do a second trial. Second trial, more things comes up. The jury goes and visits the actual bathroom. We find out like, and so they see how tiny it is. The defense says, if this bathroom is so small, if they had had a violent struggle and he pushed her head underwater, stuff would be everywhere. The prosecution says he had time to clean everything. He could call 911, hence why the, everything was dry in the bathroom and why things weren't out of place. So both sides had stuff. But then also what comes out during this time is that Ryan had actually the police had gone through all of his computer records and seen that he had been on a site called peoplefinder.com, which is like a swinging site, I guess, where you go to meet oh, special friends. Okay. While his wife had been on a trip away with her mom and they'd only been married a few months. Now he did not engage on that site. He did not sign up. He did not write it to make a screen name. I think probably it was a pop-up and he like, clicked it on accident or whatever, like everyone else has too, or was like, what's this? Oh, weird. And went away. Who knows? The fact of the matter is he didn't meet anybody on that site, but they used it like he's a, he's a cheater. I don't feel like that constant. I mean, based on what I've seen in Dateline, I don't feel like that constitutes the same thing regardless. Um, also they go, uh, nope, that's it. Okay. Jury deliberates again for a really, really long time. They cannot reach a verdict. So the second jury is a mistrial. They have seven voting for guilty, one undecided, four not guilty. So pretty split. And they cannot come to a conclusion. So that's it. Mistrial. We're going to go to trial number three. So is he, jury- does he have to be in jail this whole time or is he out on bail? This is the horrible thing about this case that was actually something that I'd forgotten until I rewatched it. But like this ruins his family financially which is really, really sad, like because they're the bonds that are set on someone for murder are like, I mean, it's like a million dollars. So you're paying what, $30,000 to get him out. Like, so it's wrecking the family. And he has a lot of support in the first trials, but not later, not as much. So it's really, it's pretty difficult for the family, but they do keep him out of jail. He's out. He's out in between. But the first time they have to bond him out, it like wipes everyone out, which is so sad because they still have to pay for lawyers and stuff unless they're using a public defender. But also the weird thing about this case is it's this odd instance where the community rallies around the guy who's been convicted of murder. Okay, like the whole community thinks like, oh, my goodness he's innocent, this poor guy and his wife died and he can't even grieve her properly until this third trial. Oh, this boy. is when stuff starts. This is to when shift. it gets juicy. So, in the third trial, the prosecution has a bombshell witness. So, now keep in mind, between all this time, it's been several years. So, he's had these, like, you know, free Ryan. What's his name? I'm forgetting his last name, but like, free him. Whitney do you remember? 
Whitmer. There we go. Yeah. Free what, him. What if, what if I was like Bailey? It's free Ryan. Bailey. <laughs> it's free Ryan Bailey. We're talking I'm so to sorry. Him right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I'm so like, how I'm dare innocent. you, ladies? <laughs> so all of these like websites and things are dedicated to him. They do kind of trickle off a little bit as people, you know there's like the case of the day and then there's you know it's like remember when making a murderer came out everyone was like on board and then it kind of people don't talk about it as much steven's mom just died a couple weeks ago from that that making a murderer so sad yeah she died yeah yeah how how did she die i think just old age she was very sick she was she was sick right yeah i just thought that was interesting just because she's played such a big part in the the, the documentary itself you know yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is his dad still around? I think I don't. I think he is actually. I think so. Is he all yeah. alone? Okay. Oh, that's hard. Okay. No, they have so, all those brothers who probably did the murder that they hang around. Oh, that's right. Because we can't figure out who did it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So, um, third trial bombshell witness. Now, this woman. One of we're going to meet some women. Is what's about to happen here where all you're right. like okay ryan what's up buddy oh. so woman number one is on the prosecution side and she's like she's the one that like kind of blows everything out of the water she had contacted ryan on one of his save ryan whitmore sites or like the big site or on facebook or whatever and it'd been like i'm so sorry for what happened to you i you know my heart goes out to you and he started chatting with her and flirting with her on like his uh, on his site uh, yeah. and so she um <laughs> okay she uh she gets on the stand and she says that one night he was very very drunk and this is in the midst of them like talking and flirting and they were they almost met and there's something else scandalous that happens that i'm not going to talk about because you guys got need to watch the episode or listen to our recap because there's one really ridiculous thing that she does but she does other ridiculous things too so she gets on the stand and says that he confessed the crime to her he called her super drunk and she walks through exactly what he said happened that night between him and sarah he says that they had a huge fight he found out that she found out somehow that he cheated on her when she went out of town with her mom, which, by the way, no, no one's ever proven. The only yeah. thing we've ever heard about cheating is him going on possibly peoplefinder.com yeah. for half a second. But she she says that Sarah found out that he was cheating and they had a confrontation about that and his porn collection. OK, and the fight like kind of went throughout the house wound up in the master bedroom she said that's it this marriage is over and he said no one ever leaves me ever you will never leave me and like hits her on the head and then he blacks out and doesn't remember anything else according to this woman yeah okay so it's a pretty compelling story unfortunately the defense rips her apart like completely rips her apart now I I feel bad for her because she's kind of opened herself up to this. But of course, turns out she's had some drug problems in the past and like drug problems to the point where she has been charged with fraud having to do with trying to get her drug of choice, like stuff like that. It's bad. It's really not good. And then also she's kind of shifty about 
the time that this phone call happened where he supposedly confessed everything. She kind of can't remember. She says it's like, oh, no, it was in the afternoon. Oh, no, it was in the evening. She cannot get her time right at all on this, which makes it look like she's lying, to be honest. Like you you kind of have to if you're going to tell this bombshell of a story. You need to have your facts straight. And then she's refuted even further by the defense gets a girl on the stand. So this does damage to her story, but it also does damage to Ryan because now we have girl number two who got on the website and contacted Ryan because she felt bad for him. And they started (laughs) chatting and talking on the phone. She looks just like the wife that died, too. She does. She's super blonde and petite. And she says, oh, and then speaking of husbands standing by their wives. So this girl is on the stand talking about she had made like videos for Ryan and Sarah about their love and all this stuff. And like he had said, like, um, and she she said that Ryan was just always just talked about how much he missed Sarah and how much he loved her. And actually, the night that he supposedly made this confession call, she had been on the phone with him for two hours. Who talks about two hours? On the phone, number one. Wow. Um, I mean, he was not he was not slurring his words. He was not inebriated at all. And that phone call had supposedly ended seven minutes or seven to ten minutes before this other phone call started. It's crazy. So, like, it makes him look bad because he's contacting girls through this website and like chitter chattering with them. But you, hey, you got to use what works, you know, you got to. <laughs> it's it's so hard to meet people. these. Unfortunately, days. it totally doesn't work because then oh. he's convicted. So, so now he gets guilty. Yes. And then the biggest bombshell of all happens at the very end of the case. Kimberly, what happens at the very end? We what see we this find woman, out? another blonde woman, like crying, in the back of the courtroom. Yeah. Crying. When he gets the conviction, there's a woman. She is his new wife. Wife. Who has had their baby. <gasps> yes. Um, And they had kept all of this because they thought it would make him look really bad. But where had she met him? On the website. No. So it's kind of like, but he deserves to find love. He shouldn't be using his website as a dating service. But this girl also, her name is Sarah. So this is Sarah number two. The wife is. And so he's currently in jail. Yes, he's in prison. Yeah, but she thinks he's innocent. That was amazing. What a good episode. Oh, my God. So we were just super torn. Our audience, our listeners were super torn. Like, really, like, did he do it? I still don't know. Sixty to seventy percent sure he did it. I always go with the percentage, and I'm always. I mean, there's so many things that add up. I mean, it's like you would hate to be one of the cases that it's like, oh, all these things kind of point towards probably doing it. But I mean, like that's the scary part of any of these. You put yourself in that case of like so many things add up against you, and you didn't do it. That would be your worst nightmare ever. You you know, it's like the staircase on um, Netflix. If you know that, you know they're doing a um, an actual uh, show of it. Where yes, yeah, yes. Wait, we we are huge proponents of the owl theory. theory. The owl theory. Wait, you think he didn't do it in the staircase? An owl did it. I think an owl did it. Really? 
Yeah. You guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, The Staircase was an IFC uh, documentary original. Then it went over to Netflix. And now they're making, I think, like an HBO show where actors will be playing the roles. But it's a fascinating story. Dateline's done, uh, I think, mm-hmm. a couple episodes on this. But there's an owl theory where the lady fell down a flight of stairs, but you can see on her head that potentially there would be like talon marks, but it could also be a fire poker from what I remember. But this guy also had a there wife were that also mysteriously feathers, died. Feathers found in her hair. Yeah, that's right. I mean, well, but also he also was having uh, like a gay uh, sex with a, a bunch true. of men as well, which oh, is no... Right. That's not a bad thing at all, right. but he was he married to this He says she knew woman. about it and was okay. okay with it. I would like to say that maybe I don't believe in the owl theory, just in case people think that's really dumb. I do want people <laughs> to come and check us yeah, out. Let's, okay, let's say I believe in it, but Katie doesn't, so we're splitting the, the difference. difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There we go. But the bathtub case, really legitimately, I'm, I'm unsure because I do think that the thing that gets me is that how bad she was feeling earlier that day. It's like the boss described it and he's like, she was having kind of stomach problems, but then her head was consistently hurting. And then when the friend said the neck started hurting, I was like, see, that to me seems like something happened. And like there was an actual incident, like an event in her brain. Something happened here where, but I don't know. But Damp hair, dry body. We don't know. Damp hair, dry body. That should be your next T-shirt. Damp hair, dry body. We've thought about it. That we weren't sure if that was too dark. Oh, uh, probably. <laughs> actually, dark. Just, I so do feel I, bad. I, I I kept you guys an hour and a half here. I could keep going with you all night. Thank you so much because this is really one of the. I, I'm so happy you guys agreed to do this because uh, I think this really is like I said the same DNA with all the pop culture and reality stuff we talk about. The the people that listen to this, I I, I know like they watch Dateline too, and it's like. You guys, if you don't know, go listen to A Date with Dateline. Uh, These ladies are amazing. I'm going to put all their information in the description. They have an amazing website. They have Patreon. They have T-shirts. They have the whole thing. They also do, uh, you know, that show, it's the Great British Bake Off, right? Yeah. So when when that's on, you guys do another podcast called, what is it called? A A Date date with the Bake. Bake. But actually, much darker than a date with Dateline, right? Uh, <laughs> those ba- the baking you know mishaps. You know what, Ryan? Our British accents are way worse than oh. anything you'll see on a Dateline. Oh, I do horrible accents no, on my Beverly Mine Hills recaps. I get made fun of all the time for. <laughs> um, but is there anything else to to uh, help you guys out with? I don't, you know, like I would I say, follow support? us on social media. Oh, we yeah, really active on so on Instagram and Twitter, and the listeners of our show, and just the lovers of Dateline are this family that like have come together we have like two of our listeners have become best friends they talk every day they're like obsessed with each other just because they met each other through like social media because of dateline and because of our show so it's just fun it's cool. the and- podcast listeners are some of the best people that you you're just like wow it, it blows me away when uh, the I'll community get like a- it's so strange that there's this huge community around true crime but there really is this huge community online around true crime so follow us yeah online and um on our website a date with dateline.com we have bingo cards and other fun stuff so we have guys, like uh, a spreadsheet that is hit hitman oh yeah, yeah hitman prices spreadsheet and stuff like that <laughs> well that's stuff you need yeah uh, it's, it's, it's full spreadsheet really quick yeah, i would yeah. say somehow i ended up talking a lot in this 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 just now um yeah. but kimberly does our recaps so check us out because she is 
incredibly detailed in what she's talking about for the episode. You feel like Katie's you're watching it. Amazing. So no. come and check it out Stop. because wait, that's she's what I, delightful. Wait, wait, what is your friendship? When did it start? That's that I forgot to, I was asking that at the beginning. Like, when did it, your friendship start? Co- college? college, which was three years ago. Three, well, <laughs> well, yeah, I forgot to mention these guys are three 17 times. year old ladies. Um, <laughs> Which by the, but uh katie you we're, have, in, we're in the yeah we're in the two zeros of our friendship we've so, been to, we've been yeah best friends for a very long time yeah well, somebody Several somebody decades. what were you at like what ross or tj maxx and you had the mask on and and somebody oh tried to give God, you a, a senior yes. discount did that story make it to air? Yes, yes it, it was. Did. You're like, that did that story make it to air? But you know what? So, well, a listener wrote us and said, was it on a Tuesday? Because Tuesday is their special senior discount day. My mom yes, it was. She was but just that's trying not to t- the point. She was trying to hook you up. She was doing a little wink, wink. This young lady is in the store, but I want to give her a discount. Man, so I wish to- it could have been like that. I do <laughs> wish like, like, she had like, given me any price. kind of a glimmer in her eye. Because I'm like staring at her. I'm giving her a minute to be like okay oh, well, so let's I, keep going i yeah, went out to a, uh, a bar a couple weeks ago and i didn't i forgot my id with i forgot and and i was like well guess i, go, I gotta go home and he goes you're fine man like oh and i was God. like oh god oh, the even, moment uh, when like you realize like oh, re- oh, what's happened like, here i was uh, like i know i have white in my beard but come on man like no, it's like Still, it's, it's so hurtful. It's and I was like, I'd rather it's, it's a cruel world. Oh, and the last question: What do you do? You guys just do this? Do you have? Do you have to have real jobs? Are you superheroes? What do you? What do you? What do you do in the the <laughs> real world? Or is this full time now? Fight, we fight crime at night, so we do. It's all crime all the time. That's um, all, we're either like reporting Batman. on it or fighting it. Um, I have a couple side jobs, and Katie does a lot of really creative stuff with clothing. And I'm currently crime. working on a diamond painting. <laughs> that I got on have AliExpress. You, have you heard it's of uh, Lulu Row? Yeah. Oh no, I do <laughs> not. He do that. Oh man. No, I, yeah, I'm currently selling a few vitamins. If you want to yeah, check yeah. me out, Katie'sVita.com. Wait a minute. To be great success with COVID, is this uh, cranberry goji exactly. berry juice? <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. What should we be watching right now? Because well, you watch you, okay, a lot so of stuff. So what do you what like? I, thought would, I, I didn't know if this would come up. I think Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is having an amazing season because of Erica Jane. Girardi. Tom Girardi that, right. Yes. 40 years of criminal activity. It really right. kind yes. of tie. I almost think Dateline will do some kind of episode because it is so ensconced. And it's almost like a murder mystery in itself where yeah, it we're is. wondering every episode, what did she know and when did she know it? Mm. So it really has this underlying uh, drama to it that yeah. the, the viewer brings that kind of tension. So you're just like watching her going, is this a lie? Is this, you don't know if she, cause she's been caught in a couple big lies in her story. And you're just like, wait, this doesn't add up at all. And I think we're so used to watching Dateline and things like that, that we're so suspicious, but I really think it's been a great season after they've had a couple bad seasons. Yeah. I think that is just excellent, but I really truly believe we are in the golden age of television as well as reality TV. Real Houses of Salt Lake City season two comes out September 13th. And that's going to have Jen Shaw criminal activity. That's the only housewife I watch and is up. up It's going to be, they're going to potentially have the best season ever because 
they were filming the day that the FBI pulled, yes. you, know, you know, like they were, the cameras were there. They got the actual reactions. And <laughs> that's I think amazing. It, it really is. I mean, you, you feel tr- it's tragic and people have been built out of potentially millions of dollars, but you're like, wow, if they got that on camera, Could how, you? how chilling and, and potentially amazing. And then, but you just do wonder about these shows, reality shows. You're like, well, when, I mean, the odds are a murder will happen at some point on one of these yeah. shows, you know, like, oh, yeah. I mean, just yeah. how human nature yeah, works and money show, and greed. Yeah. It's all of that stuff. Do you research the cases or do you only watch what you're seeing on housewives or do you look up like, are I go you into up it, to but date on the majority? I am case? up to date on that case and the right. Jen Shaw case, but there are like, I was interviewing these ladies two weeks ago uh, called the Bravo docket and they're mm-hmm. two lawyers that come at it. So they come from that. really, you know, reading all of the briefs and all of the, you know, just the minutia that I sometimes yes. am not great mm-hmm. with. And they really did a great job of explaining it. And that's what's so fascinating with Bravo fans is that, you know, you gotta get, you gotta have a law degree now to be a fan in some of this stuff to really understand what is happening and who, cause people are like, Erica Jane's going to go to jail. It's like, no, it's not going to go to jail. Like she's going to, mm-hmm. she's going to like the, the big thing is, is she going to have to give back all her jewelry? The and big thing is, pay? is she going to be real poor? Like, right. right? Well, but by the way, but that's the thing is, is that, why do we care about somebody being poor when it's right. like these people have been built out of like these plane crash victims and survivors? So many I, people. Yeah. I have to worry if she can keep and up for, her lifestyle. Correct me Gucci. if I'm wrong, but she has not shown a lot of respect towards these victims. She's shown no, no. Uh, no. yeah, no remorse for yeah. what her husband's actions were. Uh, and some people say, well, she can't do that. Uh, she's, you know, they, for, but she's done so many other things to protect her own ass that it would just. Right be weird of like, well, if you're bucking the trend on all of these things that they said you shouldn't be doing, why wouldn't you just say it is horrifying what he did? I have nothing to do it with it. I look forward to my day in court, but of course I am horrified to, to know what my husband did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Or make it a vague general statement. I am horrified for anyone that has to go through these, you know, victims of these financial crimes and people that, you know, it's, I mean, it's, but it's just what I'm saying. It's like, that's why the Dateline stuff, I've, to me, it really all ties together because this stuff is chilling in the way that Dateline can be chilling and the way these are real life uh, mystery oh. things and the laws yeah. involved. And it's just like, we're not used to seeing that. And it feels like housewives on steroids mm-hmm. as opposed, and it, especially yeah. coming, we're still in a pandemic or especially after quarantine, all that stuff It's just, it's so much more intense because you know, all we have is our TV during mm-hmm. this, you know, that's true. we're not getting to be around people as much. So we watch people on TV and we try to psychoanalyze them. That's what reality TV is. It's just watching like the human behavior and trying to study their human behavior. And that's what we do on Dateline too. Yeah. Total it, am- yeah. Armchair, armchair psychology. Well, and everybody's so TV. dang smart, this audience and your audience they're so smart. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't, you know, people like Erica Jane thinks they, they can get one over on everybody. Just like Dateline people think they're smarter than the people studying the stuff. And then like smarter these audiences, the yeah. these audiences has solved cold cases now. Like it's, it's becoming yeah. so amazing. So anyways, I've taken up so much of your time. Uh, Katie and Kimberly, the, the podcast is a date with Dateline. Um, I'm going to put all of the information up. They were just this so amazing, you guys. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us. This truly has been a really special episode. And uh, if, if Erica Jane, if they ever do a Dateline, please let me come on to recap that with you guys, please. <laughs> Done. Yes. <laughs> Done. Uh, Thank but hopefully, you so much for having us. Oh Thank my God, you. This we so had a great, great time. Thank you. Okay. Five. Betches.